0: By Popular Demand. In this two-part series, Dr. Dixon teaches us the 12 steps of agape love, how love must be discerning, it must display tender affection, love must honor others, love must be enthusiastic, and it must be patient. Love is the change agent. Well, you know what? I
1: know you heard uh, my uh, announcer, I like to call her, I said that, talking about back by popular demand. You know what? This is a topic, when you talk about the agape love of God, it never grows old. It never, never grows old. We have heard of the 12 steps for N.A., which is Narcotics Anonymous. We've heard of the 12 steps for A.A., which is Alcoholics Anonymous. But today, I want to just move in creativity and talk about the 12 steps to A.L., which is Agape Love. You know, this is February, the love month, and many times we want to love the way we want to love, but God has given us a design and a pattern to follow, and that's his agape love, his unconditional love. And I want to talk about 12 ways to love. I may not get them all this week, but you know what? We're going to cover at least six of them, and then we'll do six more next week. How about that? All right, let's talk about that, the 12 ways to love. And if you're full of God's love, the Bible says that it will overflow to others. Now, only God can do that, and he does it whenever he finds a willing heart. All you got to do is be willing, and his love will flow through you. Romans 12, 9 through 16 is going to be the base that I'm moving from. And as you look at it, at first glance, it looks like an unconnected series of staccato commands. A rag bag of miscellaneous exhortations. But a closer examination reveals that these verses flesh out what love looks like in the Christian life. The theme today that I want to talk about, it's not hard to find. And that's love must govern all of our relationships. Some call this Paul's recipe for love with 12 ingredients. (laughs) Yeah, in Romans there. But you know what? If we allow love to govern all of our relationships, I said all. Even those that, you know, we wish we didn't have them. (laughs) But if you let love govern them, it'll just remove all bitterness, all clamor, you know, all of the congestion, move it all out of the way. And that's what we want, the life of love. So how do we get there? Number one, first, love must be sincere. In verse 9 there in the 12th chapter of Romans, it says, let love be genuine. The word genuine literally means without hypocrisy. The Message Bible offers this paraphrase. Love from the center of you, of who you are. Don't fake it. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. I mean, do you realize that it's a process to get to this place of being sincere? Because we were born and conceived in sin. Some of us have been phony for so long. It's just a whole new way of living. (laughs) But you know what? It can be done with God. And just let it just become such a part of you that you just start working on your core. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Stop working on your core. If there are some areas in you that you've been faking it, start working on that. Second thing, love must be discerning. The second part of the ninth verse says, abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Oh, oh. sometimes we say love is blind. But you know what? God says, no, love needs clear vision. Our love needs discernment or else we will end up loving things we ought not to love and entering into relationships that are not good for us. While love is supreme, it is never enough. This is why we have to take Paul's words to heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to have God's love. The world's love is never enough. It's never enough. OK, Paul says, uh, you know, never get over being shocked by evil. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. See, glue yourself to what is good. Glue yourself. Center yourself on that. What is good? And then let everything else, it has to pass that good boundary that you've set up. <laughs> and you got to be discerning. You got to look further than the natural eye. The only way we can be discerning It's by the Holy Spirit. God has given all of us a gift of discernment. We just have to use it. Yeah, it lies dormant in so many, but if you'll use it, it will lead, it will guide you. Number three, love must display tender affection. The 10th verse says, love one another with brotherly affection. Paul uses two words here that speak of the love of family members for each other. One of them is a word you already know, Philadelphia. That's the philo kind of love. love. It, it comes from two Greek words that have been joined together. Philos, which means tender, affection, fondness, devotion, and adelphos, usually translated brother. But it literally means one born of the same womb. Mm. So a lot of times we can share love with those from our family, those that we know, uh, you know, brother from the same mother. <laughs> That's a slang that sort of goes around. But I'm here to tell you right now, as you look at the word Philadelphia, it literally means tender affection on to those born from the same womb. And it's easy to understand why the early Christians adopted this word to describe Christian love. All Christians have been born from the same womb Mm -hmm. through the new birth. Come on. Come on with me. Everyone who is saved, they get saved the same way. God doesn't have three different plans of salvation. Plan A for Protestants, Plan B for Catholics, Plan C for everyone else. No, Jesus said you must be born again. John 3 and 3. To be born again means to receive new life through personal faith in Jesus Christ. It means to be born from God's womb. So love everyone with brotherly affection. I mean, this is my brother. This is my sister. This is my family. Oh, yes. Meet no one as a stranger. Love everyone with that brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Be affectionate with them. Oh, Be tender toward them. The same truth applies in the physical realm. Everyone who belongs to Jesus belongs to me. All right? When you feel like that, you'll know that I know everyone that belongs to Jesus, tender affection and brotherly love. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Got to love all believers everywhere all the time. And that's hard because most of us, you know, we got some inner qualifications. Oh, yeah, we don't like this group or that denomination. Or maybe you're not comfortable with people who speak in tongues or with those who use a prayer book. And sometimes you can even distrust people who have a different worship style than you do. Maybe you have some preferences regarding skin color or ethnic background. I know. I intend to really step on some toes. But put simply, all such thinking is simply wrong. And it's got to be, must be abandoned. God's kingdom is not limited to graduates or only seminary or members of one denomination or to people who look, uh, think, and act just like you do. God's kingdom embraces all true believers, no matter who they are or what church they happen to attend few weeks ago, my son and I were riding together in a car and I was sharing this. I said, I just love people. And uh, you want to love and show tender affection, regardless what people's decisions are about life, because they're doing it from their perspective. People make major decisions from the perspective of where they are at that time. There is not one of us that's living today and have lived for a time and made some major decisions that you would look back on and say, you know what, I would do that differently today. They have such thing as saying, would you write a letter to your younger self? What would you say? (laughs) Oh, and I believe that we would see how we could just, you know, show more love regardless to what people think or how they say or their response to us or how they heard us or what they said to us. As you grow older, you realize they're just speaking from their perspective, from where they are at that time. And if you're further along, down the road, you know what? You need to respond as someone on down the road further in walking in love. (laughs) Yes, show tender affection. Next thing, love must honor others. That 10th verse there, outdo one another in showing honor. You know, we want to outdo one another in everything else, but outdo one another in showing honor. The Greek word actually has a sense of competition about it. So, the translation outdo one another is very accurate. We live in a day when the opposite seems to be the case. We hear much about quotas and preferential treatment and uh, affirmative action. In the Christian context, it means that we take affirmative action to make sure that others receive preferential treatment before we do. How about that? And so many times when that happens, this it's, it's obviously it'll go so much against your human nature that it's it's not impossible without the infusion of God's Holy Spirit in your heart to do this. (laughs) Unless God steps in, oh, that's the power of his love, that he can come in and he can make us just begin to prefer the treatment of others before us and step back, concede. Oh, only the Holy Spirit can do this in your heart. Oh, yes. And as you do that, there's no limit to how far you can go if you don't care who gets the credit. Paul would say amen to that. (laughs) Number five, love must be enthusiastic. The 11th verse there in Romans, and our base chapter is Romans 12. And uh, the 11th verse, it says, love must be enthusiastic. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Isn't that direct? Bam, bam, bam. I was looking at a commentary notes on this that was written and it said, religious enthusiasm is often derided as nothing but excessive emotionalism and a sign of fanaticism. Yet people become a fan and go. Some watch a football game and cheers them to their horse. But Paul's words have nothing to do with how loud we sing or how much we clap or whether or not we raise our hands when we worship. Those things are purely secondary. Paul is challenging us to put as much effort into our Christianity as we do into our work. The Amplified Bible catches the meaning very well. It says, Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. (laughs) Be aglow and burning with the Spirit. Yes, that sounds like a boiling part. Mm. Serve the Lord with zeal and boiling intensity. You know, many times those things that the enemy is attacking, you get upset about it. You get angry enough at the enemy and that you would begin to pray and you be- begin to speak the word and casting down every evil imagination that's in your heart. B- bring every thought. I'm telling you because your answer, the only thing between your answer and God is you. When you move yourself out of the way and you have petitioned the Lord and you're believing God to save that child, you're believing God to open up the door for that job, you're believing God to, to free you from those addictions, you're believing God. I'm telling you, you get in that place, you get that fire, you get that fervency in your spirit and serve the Lord. Whew, let me tell you, it is done. Things will begin to happen quickly, things will start moving. Ooh, you get enthusiastic. Love is enthusiastic. Glory to God as you're moving forth. And you'll see that the world will not be moved by a half-hearted disciple who sort of serve the Lord. But you start really serving God. I'm telling you, this universe will be moved by you. Oh, why? Because God comes into agreement with you. Oh, and God will cause everything to line up on your behalf. Every knee must bow. Every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. (laughs) He's the boss. (laughs) It's not what they say. But it's what I say. You say when you are in love with God. And you're saying what he says. And you're on fire in the spirit. And you're speaking that word. Everything that tried to push you under. You'll still be standing. Oh. So as you begin to move in God, knowing that the world didn't move by half-heartedness, but you give God your whole heart, you start serving him. Mm. I don't care what terrorism, I don't care what international instability. Oh, no, no, no. As you get busy serving the Lord, God won't care about the economic atmosphere, flavor of the time. (laughs) Oh, God will begin to move you, promote you, increase you into the promises of God as you fervently spoke and called down. Ooh. Glory to God. Things will begin to happen greatly in your life. Mm. What's another thing I'll talk about today? Well, this is going to be my last one because I told you I got 12, but I'm going to do six today. Love must be patient. What a note to end on, huh? Verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Mm. Whew. You know, behind these three phrases lies the hope. our lord's return see while you wait for jesus to return from heaven you got to be patient in hard times constantly praying and rejoicing in the hope of better days to come you know i got an email yes an email and i was answering the email about a a, there was a need that this person had in their life and I, i began to instruct and i began to tell them what to do and and i said you know what then while you are waiting begin to thank god for the answer while you are waiting begin to release all fear. Don't let any fear be in the way. Remove the fear out of the way because your hope and faith is in God. And as you begin to do that, release everything and watch God bring this to pass for you. See, we have to rejoice in the hope. We have to be patient in tribulation. We have to be constant in prayer. So what? Rejoice in the fact that I just believe everything is going to be all right. I simply put, Be patient in tribulation. What does that mean? All of my appointed times, I'm going to wait because this is going to be, this is going to happen. I have prayed. God heard my prayer. It is done. Everything else move out of the way. Glory to God. And be constant in prayer. Don't get discouraged. Don't get disgusted. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. Be constant in prayer. You know, many times you can get lethargic when things do not happen. When you think it should be happening, you get impatient. Oh, yes. Then stress and struggle and strain began to come up on you. But I'm here to tell you, no stress, no struggle, no strain. Being patient with God. When you get constant in prayer, when you begin to enter into those heavenly places. Oh, yes. That you get a vertical view and get out of that horizontal perspective. I'm telling you, love is patient. It must be patient. When you begin to pray and you're hoping in God, you're just saying, you know what? It's going to change in the tribulation. It's going to change. It's going to turn around and you are praying. You're not letting it even wear you down. You get up every day and you're saying, you know what? I believe today is my day. Every day you get up with that new hope. And that new faith and that new belief in God, because you've been in prayer. And when you get in prayer, you see it already done. Today is your day and you're pulling it in closer in the natural. Oh, I'm telling you right now, it's just so wonderful to walk in love, knowing that when you do, love must be sincere. Love must be discerning. Mm -hmm. Love must display tender affection. Love must honor others. And love must be enthusiastic and patient. If you will begin to walk in these attributes of love, you will see God begin to move in your life in a great and a mighty way. Manifestations and the power of God moving, coming to pass on the inside of you. Creativity like never before. Oh yes, witty inventions. All the things that God's word will do on the inside of us to bring the change, the change, the change for things to be different this year in your life. Well, my prayer for you is that God allows you to live as long as you want and that you never want as long as you live.
0: I am Carol Dixon,
1: and this is DASH.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. DASH is here to serve the community positively, productively, and prayerfully. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can listen to this podcast and previous podcast episodes again and again. Also, share Dash with neighbors, friends, and family members by sending the podcast through email, text, and Facebook. If you need more information about Dr. Carol Dixon and Dash, go to caroldixon.net. We'll see you next week.